Welcome and thank you for listening to the very first episode of Becoming. For this initial episode, I had so many different ideas and concepts running through my mind. My vision changed drastically from one morning to the next and I genuinely had no idea what I was going to do. I ran desperately behind schedule, recorded four different times, and it just seems that the hardest part of this project was just getting started. Regardless, I'm really excited for what I'm going to be bringing to you today. This is the story of becoming, in all of its forms with rugged, raw, and unfinished edges. This is who we are, who we were, and who we are becoming. Welcome to Becoming, the podcast. We are all on a journey, and my prayer is that we can have authentic conversations that support you on your own. I hope you're excited as we dive into the next lesson of Becoming. Life is a journey. It's super cliche, but the truth of life is that it's a series of experiences, processes, influence, and moments that just shape us into who we are. The purpose of this podcast is that we share those moments, and hopefully through sharing or listening, you discover some truths about yourself, that you can feel confident in who you are, and to trust who you are becoming in God's hands. When we first become saved, there's an initial um, change. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. But here's the problem. If you only water a tree one time, it will not grow. If you spend all your time only watering that tree, it it will not flourish, it will not reproduce, and it will not do anything very spectacular. There has to be a cultivation for a tree. And as the tree grows, new steps must be taken in order to ensure that reproduction, growth, and spectacularness, or whatever, continues. So that it's at its best. Paul wrote, I die daily. Every day we must shed our flesh and allow God to do something new in our lives. We have to revisit that. Isaiah forty three nineteen reminds us that he said, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. If you feel like you're in the desert, if you feel like you're in the wilderness, and that there's no hope for you, and that... You've already failed and you've already messed up. I'm here to tell you today that you can become new. His mercies are new every morning. Romans 12, 2 says, And be not conformed in this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's a process. It it continues to push you. And if you fall, if you fail, and if you do something wrong, it doesn't necessarily mean that you won't ever be good again. You won't ever become something in Christ. It's a process, and that means every day returning back to God and saying, God, do something new in me. Make me whole. Continue this process in me. Remind me what path I'm supposed to be on. And that is the heart and soul of becoming. This cliche journey that no one really understands and everyone tries to pretend that they know what they're doing, but they don't really that's becoming. My definition of becoming is the consistent process of changing to become more like Christ. We're never going to be perfect. We're never going to be Christ. That's just not who we are. But we're in this consistent process of changing our flesh to become more like him and to become more aligned with him. 
So today I have several guests who will be sharing their stories with you, their struggles, their journeys, how they have become, and what has shaped them into who they are. And I'm really excited for you to listen, so get ready. Hi, my name is Jackie, and I want to share a little bit about my testimony. So when I was around six or seven years old, my family would always go to church. We would cause a family, and we would never miss a single Sunday. So that was our norm. That was our life. Until one Sunday when I woke up really early, I got myself ready, and I saw that my parents were still sleeping. So I started jumping on their beds, telling them that we were late, that we had to go. But in that moment, something changed in them, like a switch. And when I told them that we were late, they told me that they weren't going. And I got off the bed and I began to cry. I went to go hide in the, um, on the side of my bookshelf and I just began sobbing because church was everything to me. And to tell me that we weren't going to go was different. It was terrifying for me as a little girl to not go to church because church was all I ever knew on a Sunday morning. That's where the word of God was preached. That's where my friends were. That's where my family was. I mean, church was something in me. And when I got done crying for a really long time, I got up, I wiped my tears, and I told myself, they're just tired. We're going to go next week. And that next week turned into months and then later years. And throughout that time span, I just told, I just made it up in my mind that church wasn't for us. We just didn't go. So because of that, I hung out with the wrong crowd. I did things that I wasn't supposed to. And that caused my depression the depression that I had was, it felt like a black hole that I couldn't escape. I can almost visualize how I felt. I felt like I was in a cage surrounded by this beautiful garden that I couldn't explore because this depression had a grip on me. And it felt like I couldn't breathe in peace. I was always taunted by the fact that I was missing something, but I never knew what because I was always depressed. The friends that I hung out with really weren't the best. I mean, it was it was the worst life I could have possibly had. And my mom noticed and she told one of her friends and that friend informed um, my mom that they went to a church and they invited us to go and so we did now in this time i was around 14 years old and to go to church again felt weird but a good weird in my in my weird brain um but i i was still dealing with depression back then so those thoughts never really went away I said, yeah, sure, I'll go, not expecting anything to change. And in that week that they invited us, I had already planned the 
the way that I was going to end it all. I had planned on running away on the tracks or something, just hoping that something would crush me or just trying to end it all because the depression had led to that point. But I never realized that God had other plans for me to not end it all. When I walked through those doors that weekend, I felt amazing. Like something inside me switched. Like the missing piece that I was looking for for all those years was right there. God God called me to be with him. And during that altar call, I cried for what seemed like days because I finally found what I was looking for. And this was it. I mean, I love God for for everything, just for being the God that he is, for loving me, for saving me, for blessing me with the family that I have, my church family, and for taking me out of that ditch and not letting me finish my plans because his are above mine. And that's how I became the person that I am now, thanks to Jesus. Hi, I'm Joseph, and this is my testimony. I was raised in church and pretty much always wanted to be good and do right. I got the Holy Ghost when I was eight and I always knew the truth was inescapable and that I would never depart. I had to deal with some things growing up but honestly never experienced anything that made me question anything enough to drive me the wrong way. Um, I didn't have much of a life of my own though until about three years ago and that's when I got a job and moved out. And that actually, I, I didn't go crazy. That actually let me be a lot more involved with the church, and I started pushing myself spiritually, praying and reading the Bible a lot more and seeing where I could take it. And I asked for faith and strength, which invites tests. So about six months into my free life, it was time for me to experience some stuff. I lost someone really important to me and became really depressed, not being able to sleep, and I started isolating myself and actively avoiding contact with everyone that could help me. And as time went on, I wrapped myself up in my thoughts. And this mindset I maintained for about six or seven months until a series of bad judgment calls led to me losing my best friend and actually living out of my car for a couple months. Even after a dramatic blessing that got my sister and I into an apartment together, it was very clearly God's doing. I stayed in my horrible headspace. The next few months, I got even worse and actually resorted to alcohol just to drown out the thoughts that I was putting myself through. At this point, I was at my lowest and was barely praying, reading my Bible, or involving myself with the church. But God didn't let go of me. He hounded me out of the pit in my head by showing me love from some special people and making me realize how much of an effect my actions had on people. Looking outward and seeing the example that I was setting for the people that looked at me made me open my eyes and turn myself around. And I, I made myself accountable, and God taught me about forgiveness and how utterly cleansing it can be. He showed me how personally important it was and how much he loves me. And that's kind of been his theme with me, making things personal for me. And that's the last thing that I want to mention. Like I said, I got the Holy Ghost when I was eight, and I knew because I spoke in tongues. But what I said when I was praying in tongues was a brief phrase over and over. 
and it was always the same. When I was when I was about 16, it became an area of questioning for me. And every time I would start praying in tongues, the devil would whisper in my ear that it was fake and that I was just convincing myself it was happening and it was God. And that went on for years. It bothered me for years. My heart, I knew it was real, but my head wouldn't stop wondering about it. So you could call it a spiritual insecurity, if you will. But God is so good and he knows us so well he hears us and very recently he gave me a huge breakthrough and with that he changed my language when i'm praying in the spirit it isn't the same old phrase and it doesn't just sound like stammering lips it's something different it's a bigger vocabulary and i know that sounds silly i know it sounds kind of crazy or maybe small but you have no idea how much that means to me personally that he would take something like that that only I would ever know about, only ever bothered me, and dealt with it. He dealt with such a small concern just for me. So, thank you for listening, and thank you, Becky, for letting me share some of what God's done for me here. Hello, all. It's Desiree. Um, so growing up, I didn't exactly have the best childhood. I lived with my mom and three of my siblings, and it was made clear very early on that we weren't exactly a priority to her. Um, Because of this, there was definitely a lot of struggle with me having to take on a lot of responsibility at such a young age and take care of not only myself, but my siblings a lot of the time. And there were times when We didn't have a stable home or we didn't exactly have food and there were a lot of struggles that we faced growing up and situations that occurred under these circumstances that made me very angry with God because I didn't understand how he could be there and how he could watch over us but allow these things to happen and not just to me but to the people in the world in general. And I grew very cold and very distant from the church. And I fought for a really long time because I knew that I just needed to trust in him and that everything was going to be okay. But I was so angry and so hurt that I refused to let him in. And I tried so hard to pull away. And there came a point where I felt like I couldn't come back to him because I had fought him for so hard and done so much to remove myself from him and remove him from my heart that he wouldn't accept me again. And I remember there was a Sunday night. It was the first Sunday night that I had been to in a really long time. And I was sitting in this service And throughout the whole service, I was fighting the spirit that was falling over me because I didn't feel like I was good enough to come back from all the things that had happened throughout that time that I was away from him. But I remember sitting there and feeling like if I didn't lay it all down to him then, and if I didn't stop fighting then that there was no coming back 
And I remember, I remember a feeling of something coming over me, telling me to let it go and to give it to him because he was there and because he still loved me. And that night was really hard, but it was the first time in a really long time that I really prayed and that I really sat there with God and let him back into my heart. And it was the first major breakthrough in me coming back to him and letting him into my life again. And I've changed so much from the person that I am, that I was then. That anxiety has left my heart and I don't feel that heavy feeling anymore. I I feel like I can conquer and do so much because he's on my side and because I have that faith in him and I know that he's there and I know that he's listening and I put my trust in him. And because I know that all that time he was there and he was watching over me. <laughs> And I'm just so thankful that no matter how hard I fought him and no matter how much I turned away from him, he never let go of my heart and he let me come back home to him where I needed to be and welcomed me with open arms because he loves me and because he cares for us and he just wants to save us. And that night, was such a big part of me becoming who I am today. Hi everyone. My name is Tigran Hinton. Just gonna um share my testimony with you today um on this podcast. You know, it's about becoming. So I'm gonna share with you basically what has shaped me to become who I am today? Back to the very beginning, you know, from the age of birth, to about 10 years old, I was an orphan in the country of Armenia. Um, life in an orphanage is different than what people think. You get used to it, and a lot of times it was okay. I had food, shelter, education. It wasn't always great. Fortunately, I was one of the younger and smaller ones, so was bullied, beat, and taken advantage of. Armenia is an Orthodox country, so there is um, some religion. I always knew there was a God, but knew nothing about Him. At times, we would go to a church, but it wasn't anything like what we have. The beginning of my journey started with one afternoon. I was called down to the counselor's office, as we would call it in America. This lady started telling me how my birth mother had to go to Russia for medical purposes and had to give me up for adoption. I was asked to sign some papers and really thought nothing about it. Roughly five months later, I met three people who I call mom and dad today. I was 10 years old. I was at my school and was called down to the orphanage for guests that wanted to see me. I remember walking into that room and at first I wanted nothing to do um, with them. I wanted nothing to do with leaving from where I was, but God had other plans. The, 
you know, interesting part of my story is the both sides. It wasn't only my side, there was my parents' side. For over 25 years, um, they could not be parents. They were unable to conceive and they didn't have any children. Tried and tried, um, but they couldn't have a baby. Then they didn't realize that God had other plans than their own. My parents told me years later that when I walked into that room, it was like them being introduced to their baby. God's presence filled that room. After a few days, I started gaining interest. I believe my first God moment was the last day when I had to decide if I wanted to start a new life and move to America but I uh, was silent. I didn't really know what to say. And it was almost something that spoke out of me and said yes. Um, the next three months uh, were really rough after that. I was lonely and sad and basically bullied just because it was me that was getting this opportunity. I never understood um, well, once in America, I started going to church right away and seeked for the Holy Ghost. June 5th, 2013 was that beautiful day, and shortly after, I was baptized. After that week at camp, I began to deal with so much more than I had before. Never dealt with anything big like drugs and alcohol, but it was enough to keep me from the Spirit at times, so I began to form a personal relationship with God, and no matter how hard it's been, I've kept my faith. Um, I believe God has always been, you know, preparing me for what He's going to do with me. I'm involved in, a, you know, a few things now in my church, and I feel the call greatly on my life. Um, so basically, I just want to give you this encouragement, if you will. You know, God can take, you know, the least of things and make it to be the greatest of things. You know, I was I was an orphan in a land no one had ever, or a lot of people haven't heard before. And here I am today. I don't know if many of you know, but I play the piano. Can't say I'm... Um, so great but it's something that I really love because of this I have this vision that is like planted in my mind I used to watch this lady play and I just had this dream you know I want to learn how to play and this was able to come true after I was adopted I was able to start learning and not only am I able to play, I am able to use it for God's kingdom. Um, you know, this story just tells you to have faith and hope and believe. Like a song we know, it says, when you don't see it, he's working. When you don't know it, he's working. Um, he brought me and my parents together. Just don't give up. Uh, don't give in. You know, I just gradu- graduated high school. And thankfully, I just started college. That was another dream I had. And I'm still living for the Lord.
Hi, I am going to be giving my testimony. Growing up, church had never been a very strong thing in my life. I never had a desire or a want to be a part of it. I was living with one foot in the world and one foot in the church, and that foot in the church was barely there. I was living a double life. During Sunday and Wednesday nights, I would be a good Christian girl. And when I was at school, I would be the complete opposite. I would be doing things I knew I should not be doing. I was full of hurt and rejection and anxiety and depression and bitterness and selfishness and rebellion in my heart that I never, never wanted anything to do with the church. I would try so hard to cut all ties that I had, but something would never let me do that. Something would always come up or something would draw me back. And then one day, my brother decided he wanted to move churches, and that's when my life changed. I stepped foot into that church, and my life has never been the same. I had felt something I'd never felt in my life, and that's when I decided that I wanted to live solely for God and never ever be in the world I felt such a calling on my life and yes I still deal with depression and downfalls and anything you can think of I still go through that even though God is on my side but the difference is is that he walks through these storms with me that he never let me go no matter how broken and hurt and how many times I fell, he still uses me through all of it. And God has made me a living testimony of what he can do with a broken vessel. Because truly, that's what I am. I would ask God to break me and make me into this vessel that he could use. And that's who I have become today. If you ask anyone, they would tell you that I'm a completely different person than who I was. And I'm in love with the person that I have become because she is someone that I am so proud of and is used and is a living testimony that no matter how bad it gets, God can still use you. No matter how many times you fall, God will use you, even when you don't deserve it. In order to answer the question, how has God helped me on my journey to me becoming who I am today. First have to stop and ask myself, who am I? I'm a wife, I'm a mother, I'm a teacher, but most importantly, I am a child of God who has determined in her heart and in her mind that I will serve God. It doesn't matter what storms come, it doesn't matter who fights it against it I will serve God but where did this determination come from where did this resolve get built just like a physical journey that you don't just get in the vehicle and poof you're where you want to end up you have stops along the way both planned and unplanned stops and sometimes those unplanned stops are the ones that have the biggest impact on your journey. 
I remember years ago when I was a senior in high school when I first heard the voice of God speak to me. And it was a still small voice in my heart. But I knew at that point that I was going to serve God. That was the first unplanned stop. Years had gone by and then once again I heard God speak to me in a very small voice regarding my children. And once again, he proved to me that he cared. And that's another plan stopped. The biggest effect though on this journey would have to be about six years ago when my husband decided to stop coming to church. He was fighting battles and unfortunately at that point in time he had to lay down his weapons and not fight so hard. He quit coming to church and I took up the battle. I took up the weapons and I began to fight. And what kept me going, even though in the middle of the storms and in the middle of the battles, when I felt I couldn't go on, um, not another moment, I would look at my kids, my children's faces, and know that I had no choice but to keep going. And I believe it is this last battle that I had to fight, this last unplanned stop that has the biggest impact on my journey because it helped me drive deep into the ground. It helped me to stake my claim on my kids and on my life that I was going to serve God and it didn't matter what happened no matter what test come my way I was going to be a strong example to my children and to those around me that God doesn't fail and that God has everything under control thankfully I have survived that battle as of now I'm able to sit next to my husband in church and there's no greater feeling than to know that no the battles are not over no, there's still things in the future that I will have to face because that's just the, the nature of being human and being alive. But because of this last unplanned stop that I went through, I know that my determination is strong enough and I can become, I became the person who I am and I can also continue becoming the person who God wants me to be. Hey, um, it's Jonathan Akers here, and um, this is my testimony. So, uh, back in 2013, as most of you know, uh, my dad resigned from being the youth leader at Christ Temple. Um, after a month of this, after a month of him being... Um, like off of the platform and out of the youth committee, he started to go out of the church. Um, it, he he started to to not come to to church more. He started to just leave. And after about three or four months, he left fully. And so, um, he, he was gone. At about half a year. Um, 
And then, after a full year of him being gone, he 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 was gone, and and, and I started to to give up. I started to give up on life. He, I started to give up on my dad coming back. I started to give up on God. I said, God, if 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 my dad's not in the church, why do I have to be? If my dad's not in the church, I I I shouldn't be in the church. He grew up in it, and he just left. Why can't I? And um. I, I I started to to feel that, and I just told the devil, "Don't do that to me." And after two years, or a year of that, two years, my dad was gone, and a year of me battling the devil about this spirit of going out of the church. Um, my I I, I started to lose a little bit. And then after a half a year of me losing, uh, my, my grandpa started his church. And um, he, he, he started it in 2016. And, and um, my, I, I, just, I, I, I went there to, to help him out. And I said, if, if I can go to my grandpa's church and Christ's temple, I, I should have enough spiritual power enough to, to, to defeat the devil. That's not how God works, though. Just because you go to church more often doesn't mean you're more spiritual than others. Um. Anyway, I, I started to, to go to my grandpa's church. I started to help him. I had the, the mentality of, if I go to church more, I'll, ha- I'll be spiritually yoked enough to de- defeat the devil. I have... I, 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 I'd be spiritual, spiritually strong enough... To, to, to defeat the devil. That's not what my t- mentality was. Until I started to lose the battles. And I started to lose one but win another. Lose one but lose another, win another. Lose two and win another. And then I just started to lose and lose and lose and lose. And I gave up after after a good year or year and a half of me losing i i almost gave up i almost gave up on god after a year and a half of this i almost gave up on god then half a year i i said god if you don't do something now i'll give up now and, and, and that's just god we don't bargain with god it's just not how he works. And that that night, he didn't do anything. But I just, I still didn't give up. I don't know why I did. I guess it was just, I guess I had faith that God was going to do something next week or the week after that. And then, after three months of me still going to church after I told God that I was going to stop... My dad walked into the building. My dad walked into the doors of church, and and I, 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 during this entire thing, I started to to be in the choir. I started to pl- play for for church and uh, play the drums for church. And I 
I, I, I got these talents from going to church even though my dad wasn't going. It was it was a journey and, and I, I I gained these talents and even though my dad wasn't coming. And after five years of my dad being gone and being out of the church, in April of 2018, my dad walked into the doors of church and, and, and he bolted to, to the altar at altar call and he just weeped and cried until, until God forgave him. And, and, and every single Sunday since then, my dad has been going to church. A couple months after he started to go to church, he became a greeter. A couple months after going to church, he started to go to my grandpa's church, and he started to help him with the the, the with reaching souls, reaching people from social media, reaching people, and in, in that part of the city. And after five years of this, of him being gone, God made him even stronger than before, and I just thank God for that. They say that your past defines you, and if that's the case, then I don't know if I like how many people would define me. I was raised in a home, well, actually many homes, with no dad, but there were two moms. My mom and her partner struggled with substance abuse throughout my childhood, and as a result of the drugs and alcohol that were liberally consumed, my brother and I were neglected and at times physically and verbally abused. My early childhood experiences were filled with finding my mom and her partner passed out on the floor, of moving homes because we once again had no money to pay rent, of being beaten so severely that it hurt to move, let alone sit, of being used as a pawn in the fights in our home, and of being screamed at and called worthless because I simply didn't want to do something. Those experiences came to an abrupt halt when I was 12 years old, when my mom's partner was found dead on our living room floor. This became a tipping point for my mom, of which she would be unable to recover from, and she died a few short months later. But by the grace of God, I was able to find a home with my loving relatives. Over the years, God has worked with me to understand that despite what I may have felt at the time of my mom's death, none of what happened was my fault, and that there are people all around that want to love me because I am not worthless. God has always been patient with me as I went through my healing process. He was there every night that I woke up crying because I thought I was somewhere unsafe once more, or simply because I miss my mom. He was there to wrap his arms around me every time that I felt alone because who would love someone as broken as me? God has loved me and been with me through it all. He has given me a mighty testimony. To a world without God, my past may define me as being broken or damaged, but my past made a testimony that defines me as a conqueror and a child of God. So now it's my turn. I struggled with what I was going to share today, but I feel very strongly to share this. So I always knew, since I was a little girl, that I was called into ministry. I was called into God's kingdom work. I never knew what it would be specifically. I was convinced that I was going to be a international doctor who helped take care of the best of the best and was able to share God's gospel with them and one day I was going to be an a book writer I was going to be a fashion designer then I went back to being a doctor and you know I was a kid but there was that one consistent thing 
that I was going to be in the ministry. Then I got a little bit older and I began struggling with some battles. I fought depression and anxiety and suicidal thoughts daily. I was so unsure that I would even be allowed to be called. I felt such guilt when I would go into church services because how in the world could God love me and how could he use me when I was this broken mess of a person? I could believe it for other people. People would come into our church and talk about how they used to be addicts or how they used to be so broken and lost and then God found them and lifted them up and they were cleansed by the blood and they're now being used for his word and for his kingdom. And I believed that for them. I believed and I saw God heal people from cancer. I saw people healed from these crazy things and I believed in a God who loved them, but he didn't love me. And I struggled with that daily, and I didn't understand why. I still felt the call. So I continued facing this, and I was always battling, should I keep going to church, or should I stop? And every day, it was a consistent battle. Um, then I kept going to church, but I kind of felt a little bit fake. Then there was a certain breakthrough when I decided it doesn't matter. I can't even remember the day this was. But I decided it doesn't matter if I feel good anymore. It doesn't matter. I'm saved. That was kind of my thought process. It was like God still loves me. And it was still very, very abstract. But I chose to continue doing anything that I can for God. And I did, and I, I kept believing in him, and I believed that he could heal these thoughts, and I believed that he could help me through. And I started believing little by little that he did love me. And let me tell you, that revelation, after these continuing months and years of struggling with feeling worthlessness and feeling like even God didn't care for me, suddenly this revelation came to me little by little, where God whispered to me, and just little things, he reminded me, I love you. When I would be struggling with something, a verse of the day would come up on my phone to remind me that he was listening to me. When I felt dirty and worthless, I went into a, a prayer meeting and I was struggling so hard because I felt like, God, how could you love me with this brokenness? And just as I said that, the song Clean by, I think it's Natalie Grant, came on. And there's nothing too dirty that you can't make worthy. And that was one moment where I was just like, I can't believe this. God loves me. And I'm so thankful today that through these little instances, God continued whispering to me and encouraging me and telling me that you are loved. And he confirmed my, in my spirit my calling. He began pushing away and helping me push away those thoughts. And although some days I'll wake up and I'll be struggling with so much anxiety, there's a difference because I have hope now. I have confidence and I feel a consistent and 
perpetual and beautiful, soft, still voice telling me every day, I love you, Rebecca. You're my child. I love you, Rebecca. You are my child. And I'm just so thankful that through these processes, I'm becoming more aware that I am his. Thank you guys so much for listening to the very first episode of Becoming. I'm so grateful for those who have shared their testimony and were vulnerable with us in sharing their journeys and everything that God's done for them. I'm excited for what God's doing in your life. If you like this episode, go ahead, screenshot it, share it with your friends. Um, This is a more serious episode that I did, but I felt that it was really necessary to share with you guys my heart and my burden for becoming and what it meant to me and I hope you guys are just as excited the next episodes are going to be more interactive more light but this was very very touching to me to know that so many people are we're willing to share and we're excited so thank you guys so much for listening Thank you for listening to Becoming the Podcast. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at becoming.thepodcast. Make sure you're sharing with your friends and put this on your favorites list on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for listening.